You are Locked On Nets, your daily Brooklyn Nets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Nets podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, the Brooklyn Nets, every single day. I'm Doug Norrie, the owner-operator DFSR.com. If you need some projections for FanDuel and or DraftKings in the DFS space, head on over to DFSR.com. Got you covered for MLB, football coming right around the corner, basketball when that finally gets started. Back again, you can also give a follow at, at Doug Norrie. On Twitter, you can give Adam Armbrecht a follow on Twitter as well. He is not here today, going to be flying solo for a Brooklyn Nets podcast as we uh, get to the dog days of August. Uh, it's hot. There's not much basketball going on right now, obviously, through the draft, through free agency. This is kind of when a lot of folks in the NBA world do kind of take a little vacation. I know fantasy stuff is gearing back up, uh, sort of like mock drafts uh, are starting. So maybe, you know, there's reason to start getting excited about that. But in terms of overall NBA stuff during the summer, around this time is when, yeah, a lot of, this is why you see a lot of folks in the NBA world kind of going on vacation, taking a dialing down the content a little bit. It's just, uh, you know, things get a little slower. NBA has done a good job of maintaining a pretty solid news cycle for for so much of the year that yeah, they're forgiven to you know take a month or month and a half off uh, next week um we're gonna be we'll do some fantasy stuff next week gonna hop on with josh lloyd uh host of the lockdown nba podcast great fantasy one of the best fantasy guys in the entire industry he's gonna jump on his show on friday and then hopefully bring that episode to to this feed as well talk about the nets prospects when it comes from a fantasy perspective a lot of things to think about when it comes, you know, we talk a lot about how fits can happen with different players and how the you know different pieces work together with all three of these guys and the other guys in the team. And uh, Josh wants to break it down along fantasy lines, which I always really enjoy doing. So hopefully that will be coming uh, early next week because I'm going to jump on with him uh, on Friday. I was thinking about just so right now what a lot of folks are doing, and this makes sense, is. They're break you know, different outlets. NBA. When I say folks, I mean different NBA outlets are going through like who you know winners and losers of free agency and off season, right? And that includes the draft. That includes free agency. It includes who you retained on your team. You know who you signed to extensions. Who you brought in. Basically, all of the moves that every team makes. And then you know, everyone wants to kind of do a post mortem on where different teams landed and. In general, the Nets have, if you look around different sources, ESPN, The Athletic, you know, CBS, all the different places, national outlets that are going to write about uh, around the NBA, the Nets are fin- finished really, really high on, on basically every list. Not number one across every list, but some of that's in the eye of the beholder, uh, you know, just in terms of different moves or what different teams were going for. Nets Daily did a pretty good job of rounding up all of the uh, all the different opinions uh, throughout the league around where the Nets landed and where each team did, and I think that it's pretty obvious that they were at least very near the top. The draft, if you want to look at the Cam Thomas piece about probably grabbing what's looking like a steal there, uh, they drafted pretty well across the board, I thought, considering where their spots were. Obviously, locking KD into an extension, we've talked about this as the biggest move of the offseason uh, that kind of went underreported. 
Um, and then with the idea that they're probably going to end up extending Kyrie and James Harden too, the timelines and those are a little bit different than the KD one. So, um, but it seems like all accounts that's going to be there. And so when you looked at when people kind of took this bird's eye view of the whole NBA, it became very clear that the Nets, um, that the Nets are, are one of the best teams here, right? They, their moves were really, really good. Their moves were really strong. They kind of all fit along the right trajectory for the championship and, you know, between retaining some of the guys, uh, what they you know, sort of got in the sign and trade, not really for Dinwiddie, but there was a lot of mechanics behind that. Bringing in a guy like Patty Mills, um, you know, we'll see what they get out of James Johnson here. We'll see what happens with guys like Javon Carter and DeAndre Bembry. I mean, those are end of the bench ads, really, kind of no matter what. Obviously, they lose Jeff Green. Uh, they uh, he signs with Denver. That was going to be a little out of their price range. Dinwiddie was clearly way out of their price range, um, and that's why he ends up going to Washington. Uh, they ship off Shamit to Phoenix, but they got some. They got a pick and, and Carter for that too. So I think we can feel pretty good about it. And then they uh, signed Bruce Brown to the one year, and then they signed Blake to a one year. So sorry, just to quickly recap the uh, <laughs> recap the Nets offseason. But it did get me thinking about how. Like life in the NBA comes at you so fast. It's it's kind of ridiculous actually how quickly things change. And I was thinking back to just two years ago. This is before we were even on the Locked On Nets podcast. We started our other podcast, Adam and I, um, that is now became the Locked On podcast. We we've kind of formed it into the Locked On Network. Uh, we started that two years ago right around the time, uh, in the months leading up to free agency where Key, uh, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving uh, were, and DeAndre Jordan uh, signed. But in terms of life coming at you fast, it doesn't take much to look back at this Nets team. Because we can look at this Nets team right now and be like, wow, it's like a fully formed team. They have they have three superstars. They have um, really good role players. Like, you know, uh, Joe Harris was shot, whatever you want to say about the playoff performance last year. Uh, and I know that that's, <laughs> in some circles, that uh, is a huge indictment. He was, he, the regular season, he was like one of the very best shooters in all of basketball during the regular season. Uh, you know, really good role players. They're bringing in Patty Mills. Um, you know, we, we saw what they got out of Blake Griffin last year. Um, but if you look back two years ago, Two years. So right before they signed Kevin Durant, right before they signed Kyrie Irving and obviously DeAndre Jordan as well, two years ago, there are there was one player on the Nets that was on that team. One player, Joe Harris. That is unbelievable. Two full seasons. We're only two full seasons away from a near 100% total makeover for the Brooklyn Nets. And I'm not saying anything that's not obvious. We all know this as Nets fans. We know that the team looked different. We know that there that that team was sort of used as it was like sort of one of the final culminations of this Sean Marks rebuild that got them basically out of purgatory when it came to assets um, because of what they had given away in the previous the, in the Celtics piece, and they were like they were in purgatory. They were in jail. They they not not you know not penalized, but they had nothing. They were working with almost nothing. There was no draft capital at all. Um, it was not necessarily seen as a free agent destination yet. Um, it clearly has changed now. But right, it was like this kind of scrappy upstart team, Kenny Atkinson led, where they had taken different pieces from other teams, some you know depreciated assets from other squads, did it in ways to get you know other draft picks. You know, you took some dead money from from some other teams in order to fill up cap space, but also you know get assets along with it. But it's just crazy that. The uniform obviously stays the same, 
But the amount of turnover that this team has had is, frankly, it's staggering. Now, though the NBA is 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 a is a sort of transient group, right? This is these players shift teams a lot. It's very easy to kind of not be happy with your current situation and want to move. You know, contracts don't last forever. They, you know, especially around superstars, sometimes they would even go shorter. So the superstars were given more flexibility, uh, and then role players can like swap around a lot. So I get it. Teams, most teams, probably look very different than they did just a few years ago. But if you look down the, the the roster of what the Nets were, again, just two years ago, and look at what they are today, it's 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 crazy. Joe Harris is the only guy. I'm going to go through some of these guys. We'll do like a little trip down mini memory lane here in a second because, um, you know, most people are going to are going to know these names, but it's just the fact that this team that we root for and are, has championship aspirations was built on the beginning of it was built on the back of players that are just completely spread out across the NBA. And some aren't even in the league anymore. Um, spread out across the entire NBA is is just phenomenal. It's 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 so crazy, and it's a testament to like maybe sometimes not want, really getting too attached to what a current version of a team is because two years later that team can look uh, totally totally different. We'll get into some of these guys here in a second. First, let's talk to you about our friends over at Sweatblock. Look, if you've been hanging around with me for the last couple of years, you know your boy can sweat. Uh, there's been times where you got to pick out the uniform based on how what's it going to show in terms of sweating. You know, you're picking out shirts because you know you're going to get in front of some people and talk. You want stuff that doesn't show off that sweat as much, or show off in quotes, uh, sweat as much as other things. And it can be kind of just be a frankly embarrassing situation, but you don't have to worry about it anymore if you're using sweat block. Take it from me, folks. This stuff absolutely works. I've dealt with it. I know the difference. I know the pre sweat block and the post sweat block. And believe me, post sweat block is where you want to be. It's the sweat block. Any perspirant wipes. You just put these things on before bed. The next morning you wake up, you wash, you go about your day. There's no more sweat guaranteed. Money back if it doesn't work for you, by the way. Sweatblock is going to put their money where their mouth is on this one. It sounds too good to be true, but you, all you have to do is use Sweatblock once or twice a week. It keeps you dry the whole time. No more picking out clothes based on what's going to show those sweat marks. If you or somebody you love is dealing with this, you have to check out Sweatblock. You can go to sweatblock.com and you're going to get 20% off, but you have to use the promo code LOCKED ON, just like our podcast network. Or you can just go over to Amazon CVS where they have Sweatblock as well. If you're dealing with this stuff, you got to go check out Sweatblock. Sweatblock.com, promo code LOCKED ON, 20% off, sweatblock.com. All right, so that 2018 2019 team, the one that went to the playoffs, they lose in the first round to the Sixers. The, the expectation levels were still pretty low around that team just based on who they had. Um, and then they completely outperformed any expectation around them that season because they're just it was it was just a testament to how well the team was run and how well it was coached and the player development and how they had kind of taken players that were mini cast offs from other teams that you know who either didn't see the potential or just didn't want to take a, another swing on some of these guys or just thought they were just the you know not toxic assets but you know guys that just didn't fit into certain timelines and I'm just going to roll through some, like the list. I'll just do based on minutes played because um, you just in terms of contribution, D'Angelo Russell, obviously he ends up sort of like becoming a min, like sort of a max, well, he is a max player. I don't know if he's, I don't know if he qualifies as a max player in terms of overall talent, but still like they, the Nets kind of transformed his career. He's off. Uh, he ends up becoming a piece that they use in the side and trade for KD. Um, and clearly the Nets get way more out of him than I think most people ever thought was kind of possible. 
Joe Harris, this again, the only guy still left over from the team is, is Joe Harris, who uh, played the second most minutes, and that's when he starts to really come into his own in terms of three-point shooting, shoots 47% that year. Jared Allen, lower round draft pick, you know, wasn't sure what you were going to get out of him out of Texas. Nets turn him into one of the sort of the centerpieces for James Harden, right? Spencer Dinwiddie, we already know him. He was kind of a cast, a G League cast off. The Nets bring him in and they literally couldn't sign him this year because he just cost too much money. So I, I know that people wanted to bring Dinwiddie back, but it was just going to kind of be impossible based on the the salary cap mechanics. So a, clearly like 100% of a win. Damari Carroll out of the league basically now. Ed Davis kind of mostly out of the league. Rodians, uh, I, I believe he's out. He's he's on a he's on a roster. Rondé Hollis Jefferson, net favorite, fan favorite, right there, uh, has kind of moved around a little bit. And then the list gets a, it really starts dropping off. Jared Dudley just retired. Alan Crabb basically out of the league. Karras, um, he's obviously going to go and go on to do hopefully great things with the Pacers and becomes another centerpiece for how the Nets were able to acquire Harden. And then there's a bunch of other kind of you know, Napier, Graham, Pinson, Fareed, uh, Musa, Mitch Creek. There you go. That's old Alan Williams uh, and uh, Tajiri McCall. So my point being in listing out these guys is one, I mean, there's probably not many non-Nets fans listening to this podcast, but it's two things that happened in the NBA that the Nets sort of um, put on display with this team that ends up helping it to become the iteration that it becomes with, um, like I said, like a hundred percent makeover or turnaround in just two years. The first is that this is a good this Nets example of what they did this season and the season prior to is an example of why even when you are sort of down as an organization, tanking and like losing does not necessarily always make sense. I I get it like where like the OKCs and Houston's are right now where maybe things are like so grim that you just need to do a full reset on what you are able to bring in in terms of draft. So I, I get it. And not every team can go out there and try to win the championship every single season. It's not it's not realistic. But what we've seen around the NBA now is that there's that list of teams that are not, frankly, not tanking, as opposed to teams that were like in full tank mode, even, you know, over the last couple of years, the, the list does seem to be growing shorter. And I think that part of it is by looking at what this Nets team did. And I think you can kind of, if you're a team, you can say to yourself, hey, this is what happens when you try to maintain a semblance of sort of pride and um, accomplishment around a squad, even if expectations are lower. Now, those players that are going to help get you there aren't going to be the players that are on your team forever, because that's just not how it works. You have to keep sort of trading up in terms of assets to get better and better and better And uh, when it comes to getting superstars. But this team, even though none of them are on the team anymore, it's obvious about how much that team played a role in what the current Nets are, even if there's no carryover from, from the team except for Joe Harris. Because each one of those guys who outperformed expectation, just about everyone here outperformed expectation. Like, look, I know Alan Crabb was kind of a bust, um, and, there, and not every single thing the Nets have done over the last couple of years has been a home run. Um, I, it's clear that there's been mis- mistakes have been made. You know, there, we got Torian Prince still on the books or not. He's not on the books, but like that move didn't work the way they wanted it to. That's going to happen for every team. You're going to have guys who just don't work out. 
the Nets batting average, when you look at this list, is way higher than most other teams That the, around the things that not only work out, but work out way beyond expectation. Like Spencer Dinwiddie, what happened with Spencer Dinwiddie was way beyond any expectation. Bruce Brown, way beyond any expectation that, play, that people had for some of these guys. The Nets batting average around those guys is really high. And if you're going to be an organization that is not going to be on top all the time, but you want to maintain this like level of professional sort of how you conduct yourself as an organization and how you like just go and go about your business. I know that's like a kind of a cliche at this point, but how you go about your business, this Nets team from two years ago is just such a great example of it, even with the understanding that they knew that these these guys weren't going to be part of the final group. Like that was clear. Marks knew this. It was like, this was not going to be the championship group. This is going to be the group that was that was going to push toward that championship group. And eventually, as you grow in an organization, like companies face this kind of all the time, is that you know the, what you are as you are growing as a company is not often what you're going to be um, at the, like the next iteration of the company. Like when you're acquired, or you know when you take on more funding, or you just grow at scale, or whatever it is for your company. And sometimes the people that help build it aren't the people that help see it to the finish line. That's just the nature of sort of business sometimes. But this group is like an, sort of an example of that saying, yeah, not everyone here is going, and maybe they didn't think it was going to be a full 100% turnover, but not everyone here is going to be on the final team. But when we look at this team, we can say to ourselves, the way that we can grow and attract players like Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, right? The way that we can become a free free agent destination. And then by, you know, what happens by proxy later is that they're able to have James Harden want to come also is to exhibit this level of professionalism and conduct yourself in a way where the professionalism always comes through with every group of guys. And then if we need to turn it over, we turn it over, but it won't be for, it won't be for lack of a plan. It's just going to be the plan is to continue gr- growing at scale to you're able to attract these guys. So I just find it to be really, really interesting that even in a world where we understand that the NBA is not going to have the guys that the guys you're, that are on your team today, look, they're not going to be there forever. That's just that's the way sports work in general. Um, it's rare to get you know, the Steph Curry's of the world that are just going to probably close out their career on the Warriors. That's just not going to happen typically in the way professional sports go. Life, like I said, life can come at you fast where things can change pretty quickly. Um, but for it to change this, for it to change this much, I think is actually something that goes a little bit untalked about in terms of the Nets world. We know We'll always look back at these. You'll see Karras come back through, you know, and come back and play. We saw it last year, the tributes. I'm sure that's going to happen with Dinwiddie when it comes through Washington. Jared Allen's always going to, you know, I mean, be warmly received among Nets folks because they just know that he got his start there. D'Angelo Russell, kind of the same thing. I mean, I guess one one's a little different, but these guys were really endeared into Nets fans' hearts. But as part of being a fan is the understanding that, yeah, the, the, the team that I'm rooting for now might just be the part of the springboard for what I'm going to root for later. And like I said, it might only take two years for it to happen. All right, a couple more things to talk about here in Nets World. First, got to talk to you about our friends over at Built Bar, very best tasting protein bar on the market. And they're combining the taste plus the stats around health. That is exactly what you want to see if you're digging into a protein bar. If you tried other protein bars, 
Um, you probably have this experience where you bite into it. It's like this weird combination of like spongy cardboard um, and like flavors just out the window. Not the case with Built Bar. They made flavors at the for, first and foremost part of the experience with this stuff. Coconut, orange, strawberry, German chocolate cookies and cream. Just some of the examples that you're going to get over at Built Bar. Right now you can get the grasshopper cookie. That's if you're a Thin Mint fan. So you know the flavors are covered. And then, like I said, the stats, 17 to 18 grams of protein calories between 130 and 180, just 4 to 5 grams of sugar, only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs, completely covered in chocolate. Like I said, Built Bar, you absolutely cannot beat it. You go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for 15% off at Built.com. And it's that time of year again. Eyes are turning to football teams getting back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Go back and listen to our last couple podcasts. We rolled through all the different odds that were put up for the NBA for this season over at betonline.ag. You can get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half million dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest. $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest, both open now at Bet Online. Head on over to the website and you can sign up new deposits or get a 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of the opening day super promo. You make a bet on Thursday, September 9th in the season opener between the Bucks and the Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using, using the promo code NFL 10 bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports bet online your online sports book experts promo code locked on all right just a few more housekeeping things after we come off the uh just like the little trip down memory lane uh with the nets uh and like i said it's fun to look at it it's fun to go back don't and forget about it if you go like two seasons before like i said this were only i said or excuse me three seasons before uh with, with the nets it's a lot more overlap between those teams and and that current one but you had like Oh, let me. I'll do it real quick. These are like some of the. These are the minutes, guys, for that year. Alan Crabb, big minutes. RHJ, Quincy AC, uh, Tyler Zeller. Remember these guys? Nick Stauskas. Like I said, these guys. Some of these. A lot of these guys just like aren't even in the league anymore. Um, so it just speaks to the level of turnover that uh, that you get from season to season. And, and like I said, even the season that we saw in the twenty. Uh, the 2020 year that got all weird, uh, where Kyrie starts off the season but gets hurt, and then they end up going to the bubble, and that team was like all, all different. It was like staggering, <laughs> kind of started to stumble there for a minute, thinking about just how crazy that bubble experience was. So uh, I think it's just a lesson to get attached to our teams, but maybe sometimes don't get too attached because things can change. A little different now. They're going to sign all these superstars to an extension, so maybe we can start to rest a little easier around who we root for in Netsland, knowing that Kevin Durant uh, is going to be a net for a long time, especially in the way the NBA works. Kyrie Irving likely to be a net for a long time, and it looks like James Harden will as well. So maybe we're in a world where we can start getting comfortable with how this team is constructed and not have to worry about you know turnover around who's able to play and who's able to stick on the team or not. But yeah, two years ago, 
totally different team. Nice job by Joe Harris sticking around. Joe Harris, the uh, <laughs> the last man standing from those uh, from those earlier groups. Uh, a couple little things in Nets world that are worth touching on here. Not the the roster at this point is basically filled out. They have one more open spot. It's unclear where it's going to go. Um, they have a couple of unsigned second round picks that they haven't, that I don't think there's been any decision made on whether they're going to start off maybe just, uh, in the G league is not totally clear. Um, there's a couple of decisions to be made around Alize Johnson around when they need to make a final decision about him that needs to come by September 4th. So we'll see. And it's not like a huge decision around money. I think it's the difference of a couple hundred thousand dollars. I mean, I'd be, I'd happily have someone make a great decision around me for a couple hundred thousand dollars. But in terms of the way the NBA is constructed, uh, that money is, uh, is not probably something that they're wringing hands about. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens in terms of the way the, uh, the, the, the final roster comes together. Guys that have been it's kind of bandied about. Paul Millsap is still hanging out there. I'm throwing him out there because Nets fans have rung in around having another veteran presence uh, with the team, and Millsap would probably check that box. Well, I don't think it's going to happen, but we'll see. I do wonder if some of this is waiting on because there's a few there's a few free agents that are still, veteran free agents that are still sitting out there. Millsap's one of them. JJ Redick is another one. Have been rumored to possibly maybe be lining up with the Nets. Um, it would be a pretty good fit for for what he brings to the table. Lives in Brooklyn as well. So there's a couple of these guys um, still hanging out there. I'm not saying that the Nets are necessarily keeping a spot open for one of these guys. LaMarcus Aldridge has also signaled that he was thinking about making an NBA comeback uh, after, I think, being cleared medically by his doctors. So there's some chance that this last spot is being held open for one of these veterans rather than trying to make a decision on which rookie uh to, to to sign to a two-way contract um and they might only have the two-way left so I, i'm saying this to say there's been sp- some speculation that a couple of these veterans are waiting to sort of see how the nba takes shape this year and then make an, a signing like make a decision later and i think that makes a lot of sense if you're a veteran because you don't really know how things are going to go especially if you know you can make a meaningful contribution you're not going to have to go through some of the wear and tear of the regular season. At this point, you're these some of these guys have been in the league so long that it's not like they need this, you know, they need months and months of gearing up to be able to be able to contribute for what they're going to do. So I can see a situation where some of these guys just do hold out and the Nets might be in conversations around like them being a good landing spot. Because we saw last year when these buyouts happened uh, the guys just instantly came over to the Nets, right? Like Blake Griffin gets bought out onto the Nets. LaMarcus Aldridge gets bought out uh, and then was rumored, it was basically like in Miami, it seemed like. And then at the last second, it pivoted and he was uh, in Brooklyn and obviously had the heart issue and was not able to keep playing. But the Nets are clearly already seem to be a landing spot for some of these kind of veterans. And I do wonder if some are sitting out to just see how, you know, the league kind of ends up shaking out and where their skills are needed the most. Because, like JJ Redick doesn't need to play in the regular tons in the regular season right now. Paul Millsap probably doesn't need to play tons in the regular season to figure out a total fit. So I'm not exactly sure where they're going to go with this last roster spot. We could see one of these other summer league guys that that performed pretty well end up taking one of those those spots. Um, but in general, um, I think that it, it might end up landing with, with one of these veteran guys. And like I said, the, the rosters can change over the course of a year. Um, rarely where you start is where you finish, as we just learned by just looking at the, what the roster was two years ago. So uh, keep your ears out to see if that's where the Nets land. I'm not expecting 
a total final decision on this last spot. Maybe it'll probably be before the season because they're going to want to have a full complement of players. But it doesn't seem like it's a situation that the Nets are uh, are rushing into at this point. All right, we will be back next week. We're gonna we're doing some three three episodes a week here for a couple weeks during the summer, just to enjoy a little bit more of the outdoors here during the summer. The the heat, the sunshine, get outdoors a little bit more, especially in the slower time of some of the news cycles. But like I said at the beginning, hoping to jump on with Josh Lloyd to do some Nets fantasy stuff. Really hoping that's going to be coming at you early next week in the interview because we'll break down what to expect sort of statistically uh, around the Brooklyn Nets this year. And when you get a chance, just go over, take a look at some of the rosters. Go take a trip down memory lane. Look at how some this team has changed over just the last two seasons because it uh, ends up just being a cool little experiment to see what can happen uh, when an organization is run right and they uh, the batting average is really high around the guys they bring in. Like and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to the podcast. Rate and review it. Really appreciate everyone that's sticking with us during the summer here as we gear up for the next season of Brooklyn Nets basketball. We'll be back again next week talking more Brooklyn Nets basketball.